listening to the Necromaniacs Podcast. Action-packed episode of the Necromaniacs <laughs> podcast. How's it going, Jeff? It's going pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, the you know the heels of the 2020 election, and I think we're both uh, relieved that uh, Donald Trump uh, did not win. And uh, even though there's all this controversy and conspiracy theories abound. I'm pretty confident that um, democracy will win in the end and that uh, hopefully this is some decent news that we've got. And uh, it's the first really good news that any of us have gotten in a long time. I, absolutely. And I, whatever bullshit is brewing with Trump right now is, is just that. It's bullshit. It's theater. It's, it's all to trying to save face, you know. Come January, Biden will be sitting in the president's chair. No, no doubt about it in my mind. Well, this week's episode is a movie that I've been wanting to cover ever since I saw it back in, uh, you know, 2009 or whenever I saw this movie. And um, 2008, this came out. Um, it's a movie called Dead Girl. And were you familiar with this before we talked about it? No, I wasn't. You mentioned you wanted to cover it and... Uh, said, oh, what's that? And you sent me the trailer. And then, you know, I, I went on like online and I saw the, the poster. And I was like, oh, I, I do remember that image. I do sort of remember that movie, but it just kind of, I don't, uh, you know, slipped my radar. I just uh, forgot about it until you brought it up again. Yeah, it's uh, listed as a black comedy slash horror film. And I, I, I guess that uh, I can kind of see the black comedy elements of this movie. <laughs> Well, I do think it is funny, but I don't know if it's for the reasons they intended. All right, um, so just a couple of particulars about the movie. It was released in 2008, written by Trent Haga, who was uh, one of the uh, trauma films, uh, you know, part of that whole crew. Uh, he was actually oh. an, an actor in uh, Terror Firmer and a screenwriter and AD on Citizen Toxie. So he's... Uh, you know, a disciple of Lloyd Kaufman. And I guess that might, it might make sense that this film has uh, some of the elements in it that it does. Yeah. That's uh that sheds some new light on it for me for sure. Yeah. Uh, directed by Marcel Samiento. Um, he was involved with uh, VHS viral uh, and the ABCs of death and uh, another uh directing credit was Gardy Harrell and um, I don't know mm. that there's not much uh, info on on Gaddy Harrell um, so the movie came out September 6th 2009 Toronto International Film Festival and then it was distributed by Dark Sky Films the runtime is 101 minutes and uh, yeah the relatively small cast we have uh, Shiloh Fernandez as Ricky, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but Shiloh was in um, the 2013 Evil Dead remake. 
Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. I did recognize them from something. I recognized the two leads. Like I've seen them around in like bit parts before, yeah. but I wasn't sure where. Yeah. Uh, Noah Sagan is TJ. And um, he was in that show Looper. I don't know if you catch that, Looper. Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie, yeah. Ryan Johnson? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Candace Akala as Joanne. And uh, Jenny Spain as the dead girl. She definitely gives it her all in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, playing that role must have been rough, like physically, you know? Yeah, I think it's the most convincing performance in, in the movie. Yeah. Uh, these other actors, I mean, bit parts here and there, but this movie was not a career maker for, for anyone, it seems like. No, but um, I think that on a technical level, like the movie looks really well, really good. I think the acting was, was good. I think that the story, the writing, the screen, the script was actually really good. And I think it was very well directed. I mean, just on a technical level, I think the movie succeeded. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> this is going to be our first uh, where we're on the opposite ends of the fence here on, on a movie. I felt the exact opposite about that. Okay. I thought uh, the acting was really stiff and unnatural. Um, there's a lot of weird sort of like errors in the movie. Uh, a lot of like cutting to black for no reason. I feel like the scenes are like jammed together with no finesse in the editing. Um there are scenes that go on way too long, like someone forgot to yell cut, or, or, or um, I mean, I thought that this movie was kind of a mess from top to bottom. Like, yeah. opening scene, I noticed, uh, you know, they're like, oh, it's a hot day today, but, like, everyone's wearing jackets and sweaters in the background. <laughs> um, uh, it, the dialogue between the two friends didn't really seem natural in that opening scene. And uh, I thought I was going to be in for a rough ride from the first few minutes. But I will say, I did enjoy watching it. <laughs> no, nah, I, I t totally see a different film than that, honestly, but whatever. Um, so some of the plots. So TJ and Ricky are these like typical, um, you know, suburban kind of guys on the lower end of the social ladder, let's say. And, um, you know, they're buddies, drink beer probably smoke some weed probably listen to heavy metal music you know they're uh you know on the outs on the outskirts of the social scene and mm -hmm. um joanne is definitely a pop popular girl you know she's dating the uh you know captain of the football team or whatever some high level jock in school however there was a there's a a sort of uh, hint that Ricky had kissed Joanne when they were much younger. And in this case, mm. much younger means like maybe four years prior to when the movie actually happened. Because I guess in the movie, everyone's supposed to be like 16. And there was like a, um, you know, sort of a hint that they had some kind of like prepubescent friendship sort of, crush thing going on and but then in those four years when they both hit puberty uh things kind of skyrocketed for joanne and and uh ricky kind of stayed in uh you know the kind of lower tiers of the social scene and we also get an insight into his uh his home life too where he's got you know, like an alcoholic uh 
not even a father, like a boyfriend of his mom that just kind of lives. Yeah. Sometimes he loses the house. He's just kind of like a ne'er-do-well uh, loser. You know, you can imagine him doing these kind of like uh, pickup jobs here and there, mostly unemployed, you know, like that kind of male role model in his life. So basically living this kind of unsupervised uh, high school existence, like adolescence. And um, yeah. So Ricky and TJ cut class. They go to this um, abandoned mental institution, which is always a, a good setting for a type of film like this. And uh, Yeah, total. Did you, did you think that Asylum was superimposed? There's that shot of them like standing in front of it, and it looks green screen to me. Did you did you catch that? I, I didn't I didn't notice that, but probably. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they uh, you know had um, access to a uh, you know a, a, that type of place really you know. Or if it even, yeah. I mean, I, I got the sense that this took place in Southern California. Did you? Yeah, no, it is definitely Los Angeles. Actually, the exterior shot of the high school, I believe, is John Marshall High School in Los Feliz, where they filmed uh, Grease and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that high school. Uh, when I was married, my, my stepdaughter went to, to, to that high school, and I, you know, drove to and from there every day. So, pretty sure that's. Oh, wow. They filmed okay. it in the L- L.A. area. Yeah. So, you know, there's a wild dog that chases them into the, and they're in the, they're in the basement. There's some wild dog. And to escape this wild dog, they find this hidden room. And, uh, you know, you know that's always uh, a good beginning for this type of film when there's a hidden room in a sub-basement somewhere. <laughs> inside, sure. inside this room... They find this young woman wrapped up in bisqueen, and they think she's dead initially. Okay, and uh, you know it's like a little bit of a. Uh, I, I was actually surprised on how cavalier they were about finding this uh, this body down there. You know. Yeah, I, I uh, was kind of um, uh, a, a little bit like. Right here is when I was like, man, these kids don't seem scared or anything they seem right they go right to like being amused that they have found this this thing it's a girl but they don't quite know what it is like do they know that it's dead pretty much right away i i think that well the the first uh you know and i I know like it would be reasonable to assume that the body the the girl was dead because she's like wrapped up in Mm -hmm. plastic in in this basement for some unknown amount of time and no one really has any idea where she came from uh, but TJ is the one who's more curious about the whole thing, and that's when we discover that she's actually not dead, but undead. You know, that's right? Somehow... And yeah, I mean, TJ utters the creepy line, "We could keep her." When they discover her, like you don't really get a sense of who TJ, like TJ, is the way he is in the introduction to the character. Really, like he snaps almost right away saying we could keep her and then he punches his best friend in the face like he's instantly uh, transfixed by, by by the dead girl see now i don't i don't think that i i, I don't I, all right first of all um tj is the one who goes immediately into the dark side and ricky right, that's right. That's right. ricky is um is reluctant he's you know he's he's actually confused what is this thing what should we do 
uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm intimidated by this thing. But I kind of feel, I mean, I don't know about you, but the people that I knew when I was in high school, uh, I could see a 16-year-old male going down that path pretty easily, honestly. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of dark shit happened when I was growing up regarding young men and sex and girls and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just being overtaken by these, like, urges that, you know happen when you're you're in that age group and i think that not every single you know male would 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 do that but you know hence we have ricky who's like freaked out by the whole thing yet tj is like his 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 friend you know like probably probably his only or best friend and so that why he's like probably reluctant to uh to call the police or you know make more trouble he probably just hopes the whole thing would go away really i mean that's kind of like a lot of like young young people at that age don't have the coping skills to deal with these types of things. Sure, and I don't like think like the the, the TJ like going off the rails or JT. JT, uh, yeah, JT, <laughs> yeah, JT. I, I, yeah, you, you need that for the movie to happen. But maybe like a scene of them like grappling with it, talking about it, instead of just going right into let's keep her. I'm gonna this is gonna be like my sex slave. It's a it's a really dark, quick turn, and I think this, the movie really doesn't have the artistry to sell it. And I don't think uh, the actor, uh, Noah Sagan, has the chops to pull off that character. I mean, he, he kind of goes in and out of a southern accent in a few scenes. Did, did, you, did you notice that, or am, am I crazy? I just figured he had that, like, Peckerwood like SoCal like thing going on the whole time. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really pick up on the Southern accent thing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I maybe, mean, maybe I, you're I, more I, sensitive to that cause you live in California, but like, from, <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, but I, I'm not, I'm not from here. Yeah. But I mean, you've been out there for a long time. So like for me, I, I, when I go to California, I think of like how there are some like cowboys out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Possibly, but if there's a California accent, I'm totally unaware of it. I think some people in California sound like John Wayne, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe when you're around it, you don't notice it. Like, my dad has a Portuguese accent that I didn't notice for the first 20 years of my life. And then when I move away, come back home, you know, after like a bunch of months go by, I'm like, oh, yeah, he does have an accent. Yeah. All right, so... If anyone um, is unclear about what's about to happen, uh, there's the uh, conflict between the two friends, and uh, JT decides that he wants to keep this uh, dead zombie, zombie-esque uh, young young lady uh, for his sex slave, and that's sort of where a lot the major conflict in the movie starts because Ricky is freaked out by it. He's, um, you know, I think that in general, I mean, I feel like his character is more of a reasonable person, you know, and, you know, they show him, you know, he's a fucking artistic guy, like, you know, drawing, he's pining away for Joanne, his, like, 
you know, still holding the torch for this girl. He has this romantic feelings about her and all that. And uh, JT is just like completely on the dark side of things. And, you know, has he ends up at one point sleeping in this basement, you know, just relentlessly having sex with this zombie. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's That's kind of like, I feel like, the reason why this movie works for me at least is when zombie films first started surfacing, there's always been those conversations about, at least, you know, I mean, I've had conversations like this where it's like, <laughs> would you have sex with a zombie if she was hot, you know, or something like that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you talk about this shit and I'm like, it's only, it was only a matter of time before they made a film like this. I thought, you know? Right. Yeah. And, um, Bringing it back to what you're saying about like Ricky, I wanted to like he is the, definitely the more believable character, and definitely I guess the one you're supposed to relate to. Like he's like you know he's confused, doesn't know what to do. He's about to call 911, but doesn't because he wants to stay loyal to his friend, and you know maybe this will all blow over. Like I did find him sort of instantly believable, whereas TJ I just found kind of or JT Jesus Christ I keep mixing it up, uh, kind of just ridiculous. Um, but back to the subject you're saying would you have sex with a zombie or a vampire or a werewolf yeah that that conversation came up but like in this movie like I mean it, it almost like like talking about it, it seems like a screwball comedy premise you know what I mean yeah well that's that you gotta remember too this is coming out of the, the trauma films Lloyd Kaufman school of filmmaking too right yeah I see I didn't know that like knowing that now it makes a little bit more sense but the tone of the movie I mean, it, it, it seems kind of like serious, flat out. I mean, there was I didn't notice a bunch of intentional humor. Well, when I first saw this movie, I didn't realize. I just thought, I'm like, wow, this sounds like some far out shit that I need to check out. And, um, you know, like there's a movie called Aftermath. I don't know if you've ever seen that by Nacho Serta, which is like, you know, a guy like a, that he's like a in a mortuary and the movie really is just about this guy having sex with a corpse, you know? Oh, I did see it's a, it's like an hour long. It's like a short, shorter film, right? Oh, I don't even, I don't even think it's that long. I think it's like 30 minutes long or something like that. It's a short film. Yeah. 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 I did see that. So there's that, which is, um, just like a gross out type of scenario movie where it's like, okay, this is extreme cinema. You know, this is an extreme movie. And then there was this. And, like, this definitely was not an extreme movie, like, in that sense, where there's, like, guts and, you know, like, graphic sex and things like that. Actually, they don't even really show the sex in this movie. They kind of, they show a little bit of it, but it's not really, you know, um, graphic. You know, I mean, besides the fact that uh, Jenny Spain is naked throughout the entire movie, I feel like in some ways um, she's almost more like an object than like a person. You know what I mean? Like definitely that's how she's treated by everyone in the movie pretty much. Yeah. Even, I, even Ricky who grapples with what he should do with her. It doesn't really fully see her as a, as a person. Right. Exactly. And I think that I, I, after watching the movie the first time and the way I've thought about it since then is that the movie is like a satire in a lot of ways it's not it's like a dark comedy and then sure enough they list mm. it as a dark comedy slash horror film and um yeah i mean 
of course, this movie is, took a lot of flack. Actually, a movie like this, if it can it could never come out today in 2020, probably. Um, oh, I was thinking that too. Like uh, yeah. when I went back to read some reviews about this movie, I was surprised by how people weren't attacking it. Because if this came out now, it would be destroyed, <laughs> like by critics. Right, but it also, I mean, sure, because of just the woke cancel culture that we live in. But I think that um, the movie itself, though, really, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to apologize for anything, but I think it, it is more of a satirical look at, using that term again, toxic masculinity, you know? It's like mm. dehumanizing women. I mean, besides from Ricky, most of the male characters in this movie have no problem with having sex with a corpse. You know? Yeah, that's another issue I, I, I had with yeah. it that I'm sure we're right, going to get mean, to. Um, I, I don't know if you're looking at this movie as like, uh, you know, like a, a narrative, like a dramatic narrative. I'm looking, I look at this movie more as like this kind of statement about men in general. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, hmm, yeah. You know, and, and it comes from that Lloyd Kaufman school of filmmaking, which is like, you know, satirical, like dark comedy, like that kind of thing. Because uh, what ends up happening, even though uh, Ricky and T, uh, JT, <laughs> even though they just, they're like, oh yeah, we're not going to tell anyone what's going on down here. Uh, Ricky runs into the, their buddy Wheeler, <laughs> who's like, yeah. oh yeah, man, you know, I'm going, I got something going on this, you know, after school, man. And, and it, it turns out that uh, JT told them about the thing and their buddy, their Hesher friend Wheeler is going to go down there and have his turn at the, uh, the dead girl, you know? And, right. Uh, yeah. You get that sense right away. And they don't, they have, he's kind of insulted because there's a scene before that where uh, JT calls Ricky or, or they end up back at the, um, in the basement after, and Ricky, Ricky brings a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> which that was a very strange, strange thing. Like, oh, he's got a gun, and then it's never really mentioned again. I kept waiting for it to come back, and it didn't. Um, and so, yeah, he sh- shoots the girl. They realize she can't die, and now, uh, you know, JT's all excited. He's got himself an undead sex doll, <laughs> and they make this pact and this like scene that goes on way too long. This is a problem for this movie. These scenes linger on and on and on. And uh, they make a pact. This is going to be between us. So when Wheeler comes up to Ricky, he knows what he's talking about. He knows his friend Blab to to him. Not sure why. Again, a lot of these, a lot of things happen in this movie that don't make a lot of logical sense. All right, you don't you don't know why? It's like think about when you were sixteen, man. How like no one was able to keep a secret about anything, and also about how like guys would always make up stories about their conquests with with other unsuspecting young young women at that age too mm. you know what i mean it's like there was a girl i went to high school with right now she might have had sex with like one guy right and then this dude probably told someone and then suddenly she was like the girl that everyone had sex with you know what i mean mm. because like some dude was like bragging about his uh conquest with this girl and i mean that's just like high school shit man that's just like not being able to keep a secret, people telling things, people being so in- excited about this thing, you know, and they can't help themselves but tell other people. You know, I'm sure that, like, when Ricky and JT 
made their pact that JT probably was serious about not telling anyone, but he probably couldn't wait to tell, you know, once he was faced with their buddy Wheeler, he was like, oh, I want to fucking, yeah, man, we got this thing going on, man. It's, it's fucking really far out. You know, it's like, and there you go. I think that's what happens. You know, it's, it's just, okay. I, you know, that, that's how I see it. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of like this movie, I guess, is that it kind of has a lot of those like really weird things that happen in high school. Like even the thing with, with Joanne, you know, with Joanne who's, you know, this popular girl, she's dating this like jock, you know, knucklehead. And, uh, there was this brief moment when they were growing up where they were kind of on the same level, Ricky and, and Joanne. And, you know, mm. but she forgot about it. She totally moved past that whole thing where it's like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that was funny that one summer or whatever. And Ricky held on to this idea that there was some flame or some spark between him and Joanne. And now this is an important plot piece because later on the film goes into a completely different direction with their relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I like that aspect of the movie uh, where just like the kind of poignancy of these meaningless things that happen that are very important and crucial. Uh, and I think the movie kind of is about that too. I mean, think about when you were a kid and half of that shit that happened that seems so important is completely meaningless right now. You know what I mean? But at the time, yeah. you're like hanging on every aspect of it, you know, and it's like and uh, I think that this movie kind of is about, you know, number one, like toxic masculinity, even though back in 20, 2008, that term didn't even exist, really. But it's also about just like that tendency of not being able to let go of things and how that taken to the extreme can be like a completely ruinous, like such destructive, self-destructive situation, you know? Sure. Yeah. And again, like I thought Ricky's story was the most believable and relatable, but like the scene, the scene where they have that conversation about their past, I found that really like strangely staged. Like she's at joints at basketball practice and he's just like there. And I was like, well, what is he doing there? And if you look in the background, like he's supposed to be like coaching, like how to like shoot balls. One girl's like spinning the ball for no apparent reason in the background. It, and then she just leaves practice to have this conversation that, that seems to pop up out of nowhere. I, I just thought it was really, I mean, I know you need to get the information that those two were, you know, like he, they had a, like a little moment together and he hasn't let go of it, but it just seems very awkwardly staged. And then that, that conversation should have happened at like, you know, a cafeteria or a bench or, or something like that. It's just very weird. And this movie's filled with things like that. Do you, did you remember like the, well, what, what Ricky's puts her, live... what, what puts her in front of him is like the, the ball actually bounces to where he's sitting. Oh. You know what I mean? She doesn't just like walk over and talk to him. The ball, they're doing some kind of drill or whatever. And I, th I thought it was more like gym class than like basketball practice. And, um, oh, okay. like he was probably just like lurking, you know, cutting class or something like, you know, that like reprobates do like him, you know, and, uh, and like the ball got bounced over to him and he kind of throws it back to her and he's just like, Hey, you know, 
and she's like weirdo or whatever she says to him. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, that shit happens like in John Waters movie, not John Waters, and um, John Hughes movies all the time. Like that, that setup is like a typical setup to like uh, Sixteen Candles or something like that. And I think that for mm-hmm. me. I kind of look at this as like a fucked up version of a John Hughes film in a lot of ways. I think they were going for something like that, yeah. uh, but obviously I don't think they quite pulled it off. Like, no. I mean, there's no. another scene in the movie. I, I was like, this movie feels really long, and for, it's a hundred. Well, it's a hundred one minutes. It's, what, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's it is. Yeah, long. I, I, this feels like it should have been like an 80, 90 minute movie. Like, there's scenes. Okay, like that scene where Ricky, he's in the library. And an adult comes up to him and he mutters to himself, the dead should stay dead. And, and the adult just kind of goes along with it. Like, yeah, I'm just having this kind of ca- casual conversation about this weird thing this creepy kid just said. Uh, the scene doesn't really advance the movie at all. Like, why, why is it there? There's just weird things like that throughout this movie. Yeah, they probably could have cut that out. I mean, you know, I mean, it's pretty well established that, uh, that the dead girl is like an natural an anima and in an, 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 uh, it's not normal <laughs> i tried to use this big word right just kind of got stuck in there but uh yeah they, they could have cut that out but uh anyway um but okay yeah where were we so wheeler's involved now yep and you know uh ricky gets further disturbed by all this they see like the effect he sees the effect it's having on on the dead girl and it's disturbing to him. And I guess he tries to free her with, uh, he goes and buys bolt cutters. We see him go by the bolt cutters for some reason. <laughs> and he tries to free her and gets one arm free and he grabs her. And then you realize there's something, she's got some sort of power to her, like some super, superhuman strength. Or, well, she's strong. And that yeah. if she, she's definitely like stronger yeah. than normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I get a good shot. The one thing I think that really works for me is is the makeup for Dead Girl and uh, the performance by uh, what was her name again? Uh, her name is Jenny Spain. Jenny Spain, right? Right. I, I couldn't find her. She hasn't really been in anything. She's only been in three other. Shoot. She's only she's only been in three movies. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I felt. I mean, like this couldn't have been easy. Uh, for her to do. She's naked throughout the entire film and she takes uh, a lot of abuse. Like she's shot, she's beaten, she's stabbed. I mean, it's, it's pretty brutal, but to me, like she, she does a great job in this and the makeup uh, on her is, is it's cool. At first it's really subtle. As the movie goes on, she just starts to look more and more grotesque and and disturbing. So I'll give credit where credit's due. Like that stuff really works and you know she's got she's got to run around naked in the second half of the movie and you know but i mean she she, she does a, a good job with uh what could have been a pretty thankless role you know yeah definitely you know but i mean i i guess the reason why i i believe that these guys would do this kind of stuff is maybe growing up in the 80s with all the late 80s satanic panic and, you know, the Ricky Casso and all this, like, satanic shit that happened on, um, you know, in, during the 80s, uh, I, w- I wasn't, su- wasn't surprised that this kind of stuff happened. 
Yeah, this feels like it could have been like an 80-cent movie. Like, it does definitely have that, that feel to it. Yeah. But, um, well, so let's, so let's talk about uh, Joanne's boyfriend. Like, well, he's yeah, kind of like I a was, background character. Well, yeah, but he actually... Until this point. Yeah, until this point. So, uh, you know, of course, being a fucking jock, you know, jerk-off, he finds out that Ricky was bothering his girlfriend. So, uh, you know, him and his other buddies step to these guys, and they get and Ricky and uh, Wheeler... They actually get beat up by this dude. And uh, he's pretty like, brutally, you know, too. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't leave my fucking girlfriend alone or whatever. You know, it's just some bullshit. And then Wheeler's like, we have our own, like, <laughs> fucking pussy to, like, you know, whatever. And then he, he like. <laughs> you gotta, that scene was hilarious. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like a fucking comedy, really. You know, there's, like, things in this movie that are obvious black comedy you know elements and there's another scene that i thought was really funny that's coming up later where uh, you know anyway so the jocks like <laughs> throw wheeler in their trunk and they make they make them they make him take them to this to this uh you know this their sex slave their undead sex slave that they have oh okay well you, you at least give me this but that <laughs> defy logic that whole Scene, or like Wheeler just like after he just had the shit brutally kicked down he's like we got our own whore she's chained up in a basement and they're not like yeah whatever creep they're like oh yeah really yeah and but... they just yeah they throw him in the truck it was like I, I, I was dumb I was like, this is absurd right but that the, all right look you're, you're saying the movie's absurd but the movie's absurd like that's the the movie Really, I mean, it's like you watch a movie about guys having sex with a zombie, and it's just the whole premise of it is fucking absurd, really, you know. And it's like, I don't know, it's just like Toxic Avengers absurd too, you know? Right. Well, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's cool, whatever, man. But I, I'm just sorry. Right, this is how we get the jock into the basement with the dead girl, okay? And uh, you know. And I think this, too, is, like, another very interesting scene because they're all, like, piss and vinegar until they actually are there. You know what I mean? They're kind of reluctant mm. to do anything, which is, like, kind of the, the fucking bravado of being a 16-year-old guy. I bet I'm going to make this statement. I bet that that dude, you know, Brad or whatever the fuck his name is, I bet he, <laughs> he didn't even have sex with Joanne. Johnny. Johnny was Johnny, name. yeah. I bet... In, in the context of the film, he didn't even have sex with her. Yeah, possibly. You know? Because he's like, they're, they're kind of a... I mean, I guess I'd be afraid, too, if there was like a, a corpse, you know, animated corpse there. But, you know, the guy ends up... Uh, one dude has sex with her. Uh, I think, what, he gets his dick sucked by her or something like that. And uh, Well, this was interesting because Ricky knows she's she's violent she's not docile if you, you let her loose and he's the one who suggests like she just let you know her blow johnny knowing what she's gonna do to him yeah 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 totally <laughs> so you see like there's a little bit of darkness come out in ricky like he's not uh the innocent nice guy you think he is oh but i think that i think that he's he's like well within his fucking yeah, sure. Why not? He obviously couldn't beat that guy up, so why not right. get a little get a little payback? You know, I I, I support that. right. You know, <laughs> it's also kind of weird. Like moments ago, these guys were beating the shit out of these two, and now they got the dicks out in front of them. <laughs> right, but dude, 
I mean, this. I'm not saying like zombie fucking happens in real life, but you know, I don't know, man. You're saying it right here on the on the Necromaniacs podcast. Zombie fucking may not happen in real life. Yeah, <laughs> it may not happen in real life, but I mean, it's not. This isn't. You know, I, this isn't my kind of thing. But I've seen. You know, growing up, I've seen a lot. I mean, I used to play football, so I know the fucking Neanderthal like simian mindset of a lot of these guys you know what i mean and yeah i used to play too yeah so you know there's like i, I wouldn't well, put it i wouldn't put it past half of the guys i played football with to do something like this i gotta be completely honest about that oh no of course i, I you can totally see two guys high-fiving each other while they're practicing like a cheerleader or something like that mm-hmm. you know of course it's just the the, the the fact that they're doing it in front of these guys they, they just beat up and despise and that it's a dead like a, a thing not even a person but right. anyway yeah but also it's like that thing i was talking about earlier where it's like just this you know probably i i'm gonna wager that except for the dead girl that all five of those dudes were probably virgins before that you know what i mean hmm. yeah interesting yeah because like yeah, at that age, that. at that age, everyone talks a big game, but no one actually did anything. You know, at least when I was in the '80s, when I was growing up. You know, now it's different, I guess. But like, at that particular age, everyone was talking about these, you know, all their 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 conquests and all these these women they had sex with in Canada and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's always <laughs> yeah, stories yeah. about guy. Oh yeah, man, I got a girlfriend in Nova Scotia, you know, or whatever, and like. You know, yeah, you never, yeah, I met her when I was on vacation yeah. in Niagara Falls, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, you never, but you never saw any proof of this shit, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like this guy's talking about Joanne, but most likely, you know, chances are he never even did anything with her. So here we are. It's like you get like this get out of jail free card. It's like a free pass to embrace your brutal male fantasies. You know, and you could do whatever you want. It's basically like having a sex toy, you know, mm. which is yeah. the real fucking crux of this movie. Really, is just like on un, completely unchecked masculine angst. You know what I'm trying to say? I think that's what this movie no, is yeah, about. Yeah. You know, and that's God, I guess that's so why. I, we have, what's that? Oh, we just that how we could have such a different take on it. Like you're definitely yeah. bringing up things I didn't. I mean, I didn't see them. So that's not to say they're not there, but I, I just saw this completely different. I thought this movie was to be t- took itself really seriously, and uh, so therefore, it just came off to me as like laughable. No, like I, okay, like okay, right. so this is seeing like what happens. Like you know, she's blowing Johnny, and then she bites him, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It, it's cut in such a way where you you can't really see what happens. Like where does she bite him? Because you assume she bites his dick off. But he shows up in school the next day with his bruise on his stomach. Oh no, no, no! That what's all right. So now we get to this, this the second part of this uh, drama here is he gets bitten. <laughs> okay, I'm assuming his his dick gets bitten. Maybe not off. You know what I'm trying to say? Maybe like right. uh, you know she tries to bite him and he sees what's going on and he gets away. But what's happening is they're in class. And Johnny is having all sorts of problems. So he goes to the bathroom. And that's when you see this, like, discoloration on his stomach, which I took that as his body just starting to fucking fall apart. And he's starting to become, he himself 
is starting to become a zombie. Right. Yeah. Um, he basically shits himself to death. Right. I mean, it was, what uh, what happened there again? Like you can tell right, this movie doesn't have a lot of money. So, you know, they kind of cut around things a lot. Like there's a quick shot of him. Like, what is he like shitting his guts into the toilet? Right. And then he's crawling on the floor with his guts coming out of his ass. Yeah, it looks like there's um, his intestines and stuff fall out and all this kind of, you know, business, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a again, like, well, I mean, the scene played is, is, is funny to me. Yeah. Well, that's and, what I mean. It's like yeah. a dark black comedy, you know, just like uh, they say in the description of the movie, which, you know, I thought mm. was interesting. But um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is when they realize that they can actually make more of these these uh, these dead women. And uh, so J- so J- JT and Wheeler, they, this is another really funny part of the movie where they cook up this fucking scheme to make more dead girls. So, right. Yeah. Th- like cause she's starting to stink and like, you know, she took a beating from Johnny and now her eyes all fucked up again. Really great. With, with the makeup there and and now like they have like a, a picture of some blonde girl taped to her face and that was one of the more disturbing images in the movie and they're like yeah let's 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 get a let's make another one and yeah again it was another scene i was like i understand you need like but yeah it plays as as comedic again and, you mean um, when they're when they're sitting in like the Seven Eleven parking lot or whatever, and they're like sizing yeah, up all yeah, these, yeah, wa- yeah, yeah. these women? I thought this scene was funny because they 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 decide, okay, look at this one over here. So some very healthy looking lady with like uh, you know shorts on and whatever, but like you know thick, like real, you know, put together. You know what I'm saying? Like strong, yeah, yeah. like strong looking woman. You know. And they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I guess he, he one one of the, he approaches her. Wheeler approaches her. He's like, he's got he's got like weed or something like that, and like lure, lures her over to the uh, to the car. And their their scheme was they're gonna lure this this lady over and uh, turn you know kill her basically and turn her into a, a zombie. <laughs> but things don't go their way. He like he she gets hit with like a, a tire iron or something. But she's just like, ha, that's all you got, and she just beats the shit out of both of them. Yeah, like for a brief moment, you think the joke is going to be like, "Oh, they had, they killed her before she can get bitten," but uh, it doesn't even affect her. And she, yeah, she fucking rolls them basically, and she just takes their money. Um, yeah, uh, but right. then Joanne comes up to him, and what you see coming from the from almost the beginning of the movie starts starts to roll. Yeah, like oh, they're going to make her the new dead girl. Right, so like a bunch of stuff happens. Joanne ends up tied up to uh, uh, the dead girl in the basement, you know, and um, you know uh, Ricky tries to intervene, uh, and things just don't work out. The the dead girl gets uh, gets loose. Joanne gets bitten. Wheeler and JT get killed, and we're we uh, a final reveal to. Um, Ricky, even in the throes of undeath, Joanne still is completely fucking disgusted by Ricky. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And yeah. um Yeah, I don't know, man. It's all it's almost like this Bride of Frankenstein thing, man, where like the Bride of Frankenstein is like like disgusted by Frankenstein's monster, you know, even like this fucking creature that is put together from like dead parts is like disgusted by this this other creature put together by dead parts. I don't know, like like I, that's my own personal take on it. It was like this this fucking really emotionally devastating part of the film where the where the the nihilistic side of him just takes over and uh at the end of the movie we see Ricky who's like all relaxed, you know, pretty pretty good mood. He's like he's, he's like dressing nicer now. Yeah, he's like dressed. His whole <laughs> whole shit's changed. Everything's different about him. He's combing then, his hair differently you know, like Yeah, he's like this well-adjusted guy. And then he, um, we see him going down to the basement where the undead Joanne is uh, residing, and then he's, you're, you could just assume what, what, what he's doing with her, you know? And it's like a super dark ending to, uh, to this dark comedy. Yeah, I mean, it was just fun. Like, five people are dead. No one's coming to ask Ricky what the fuck is going on. Hey, everyone you know is dead. Yeah, yeah somehow the, and, you would assume he'd be implicated in murders, but, you know. Right, and like no one has ever come for the dead girl. No one ever. I I kept waiting for something like that explanation uh, of that to happen, like why she's there, what made her, yeah, that changed her up. Well, uh, there is a part where she get she escapes actually, and she runs out of, and mm-hmm. that's I, I'm assuming would have been the beginning of a zombie apocalypse, really. You know. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, it never shows that he killed her. No, she runs away. She gets out. She escapes. Mm, that's yeah, they, right. They okay. show her running, running naked up the side of a mountain or a hill, rather, and then she's just at large in Southern California, uh, infecting people with the zombie virus or whatever. Yeah, supernatural right zombie things. But well, it uh, never really shows what happens to uh, Johnny. I mean, just assume like he dies. But his friend is like, oh, Johnny's all fucked up. And, you know, and, and uh, like they don't really, what's what, like, is, is Johnny now going to like go run around biting people? Yeah, well, that's, it's like, like, that's my, my assumption is that Johnny was probably going to turn into a zombie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. My, well, my final, uh, the thing is, I guess the reason why I like this movie is because it, it had, it actually had like some legit commentary on shit. And number number one and number two, it reminds me of like um, I used to read uh, Warren the Warren comics, the black and white comics, eerie and creepy, and mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of a story that would be in maybe Creepy magazine, and sure, that's why I kind of liked it, where it's like the zombie shows up, this dead zombie woman, and we don't know where she came from. All this stuff happens. Yes, I agree. It's too long at 101 minutes, but uh, it definitely has a very, uh, you know, downbeat commentary on men because even Ricky ultimately gets corrupted by his desires. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to be the voice of reason, the kind of um, more reasonable of the two. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you kind of see JT as being more of like a scumbag sort of guy, you know, like capable of all these things. The two jock characters are like 
you know, typical jock, you know, meathead types who were kind of, they look, I mean, yo, Johnny, even Johnny, when you first see him, he looks like a rapist kind of anyway, you know, like yeah. he has that rapey look about him. Uh, so you're like, okay, yeah, we, assume, sure. we assume that they're going to be down for, uh, you know, for, for having sex with the dead girl. Um, but you just thought more of Ricky, but the combination of his obsession with Joanne and his ultimate, ultimate rejection by her, even Ricky couldn't deal with, uh, with his, his desires. And he ultimately went down into the dark side on this, on this whole zombie thing, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I definitely noticed the commentary at the end. I kind of took it as like, well, this is kind of a, like, you know, the nice guy isn't the nice guy, you know, that these incels, you cry about, Hey, I'm a nice guy. And these girls ignore me. Yeah. See, you know, that's, that's Ricky, like a creep hiding in plain sight. Exactly. You know, and I did pick up on that. Yeah. And he does have a little bit of that incel kind of, you know, like once again, incel is not a, uh, a term that existed back then. But right, right. You know that that's like a more uh, modern phenomenon in our current society. Uh, you know, and and there there is a little bit of that. He has that sort of vibe. And yeah, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. I thought it was like uh, it told a pretty good story. I thought you know I think that uh, I, I like I said the first time I saw it, I expected it to be like aftermath, but it wasn't like that. And I did. I, I started appreciating the satirical elements of the movie as like, oh yeah, this is like one of these types of films where there's like a dark humor to it. And then I also remember thinking back when I saw this for the first time, how, yeah, yeah, this movie could only really be told as a dark comedy because it's too out there really to be told. It would either be this or it would be like this super sketchy, like extreme film. You know what I mean? That that right, probably yeah. probably would have been made like overseas somewhere. You know, right? You know, but as like an mm. American an American movie, it really could have only been told as like a dark comedy. So, what would you give this as like a final grade? I give it a four, man. I, I like this movie. You know, I I back it. I think that uh, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, you know, I mean, especially in the woke era that we're in right now. Um, yeah, I could fight. I could see why someone would be offended by this movie a hundred percent. But like, I also think that it has a lot, a lot to offer, uh, as, as like a, a viewport into the objectification of women. Number one, the toxic tendencies of sort of the dark side of masculinity, you know? Hmm. You know, I'll say this, Mike. You brought my zero stars up to one star. <laughs> Damn. I'll say this after talking about it with you. Okay. Um, I you you saw a totally different angle to this than than I did, and even now thinking about that makes me appreciate it a little bit more. I still just thought it was a scattershot mess of yeah. a, of a movie. Okay. And yeah. I didn't even mention, did you, like, the sound mix seemed weird and off in some places. Like, really amateurish kind of stuff. There were some good ideas in there. Um, and they just didn't feel fully fleshed out. Like, like you mentioned, like, the sad part of the black comedy. It didn't, it, it wasn't 
well realized enough to, to, to be obvious to me. You're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be taking this seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, that... a few great moments here and there, but yeah. a lot of care, like the whole thing with Ricky's stepdad doesn't go anywhere, or not stepdad, but mom's boyfriend. He's got a gun that goes nowhere. There's a lot of stuff that just lingers in the air. It's very weirdly put together movie, but I did enjoy watching it for that reason. Like it just, yeah. and and your thoughts on it made me like it just, just a little bit more. So yeah, one star for me. Okay, that's one flaming skull actually. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but um, no, fair enough, man. I just uh, you know I. Maybe like uh, you know, I've seen a bunch of Lucky McKee's movies too, and I think, yeah, in tone, it reminds me of uh, Lucky McKee. You know what I mean? And uh, and I'm not. He I'm can not, pull it off though. But I'm not. I don't. I don't. But I generally don't like his movies though. I actually like this movie better than the movies that I've seen by him. Mm, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. I thought May was great. Uh, everything else was uh, kind of forgettable. I don't even remember what else he did. He did that movie about the, the something in the woods or something. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I there you go. I mean, I think uh, you know um, Jenny Jenny Spain. I would like. I wish her career picked up because I think she did a great job as the dead girl. You know. Yeah, she was uh, really the only one who gave a fully convincing performance for for me anyway. Uh, the guy who played Wheeler was kind of amusing but he seemed like a character out of like a stoner comedy. Um, right. Yeah. That actor, I haven't seen in anything. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that dude is probably like the cameraman's like buddy or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he's probably <laughs> yeah. like this movie was made definitely not on a, a shoestring. Uh, it was made on a shoestring budget for sure. But um, oh, for sure, less than a million dollars. It yeah, looks like. Yeah, totally, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I back it, whatever it, but it's cool. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, Everyone has a different thing they take away from from movies, so yeah. Yeah, I think this is our biggest divide on a, on a movie yet. I mean, uh, I I wasn't crazy about the um, uh, color out of space, but you know, I I gave that two stars. I think you gave it five. Well, yeah, but I'm also extremely biased by uh, Richard Stanley and H.P. Lovecraft, but but I I do right. stand behind that. You know, whatever I gave it, I stand behind that. Yeah, yeah, but this, yeah, so far this has been our, uh, our our biggest divide yet. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week, man, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right, take care, everybody. <laughs>